Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with ornate places of worship as we pick up in Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 4. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. God's desire that the place that they make for the worship of God be simple and natural. God did not want them building ornate places of worship. Why? Because when you come into an ornate place of worship, your mind is drawn to the ornateness of the place and you begin to glory in its architecture or in the fine carvings or in the beauty of the place itself. But God wants you, when you come to worship him, not to be distracted, to stand in awe of gorgeous architecture or whatever, but that your place of worship be just a simple place that does not attract attention to itself, but allows you to give your full attention unto the Lord to worship him. And thus stones, don't carve them, don't cut them off, don't smooth them out, just whole stones to make the altar. And Then on Mount Ebal to place these stones in a pile to plaster the pile and write upon the stone plaster the law of God there on Mount Ebal, and then to bring burnt offerings and peace offerings. Now, if you remember your lessons out of Leviticus, you'll remember that the burnt offerings were the offerings of consecration. It is the symbolizing of the consecrating of my life to God. The peace offerings were the offerings of communion, my desire to fellowship with God and to commune with God. And so the two offerings, the burnt offering, that is the consecration and communion with God. Now, up on top of Mount Gerizim, certain of the tribes were to stand and to pronounce the blessings upon the people. And on Mount Ebal, other tribes were to stand and pronounce the curses. And so on Mount Gerizim, verse 12, to bless the people, the tribe of Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. On Mount Ebal, to curse the people, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. And the Levites shall speak and say unto all the men of Israel with a loud voice. Now here's here's the picture. When you are in the valley of Shechem, you have on your left-hand side Mount Gerizim. It rises probably 2,000 feet above the valley. And on the right-hand side, you have Mount Ebel, rising about 2,000 feet above the valley. So here you have the valley of, the area of Shechem, 
with these two mountains on either side. So the vast multitude of Israel standing in this valley and up on the top of Mount Gerizim, these men from these tribes that we read off are calling out the blessings of God that shall come upon you for obedience. On the other Mount Ebel, as you're in the valley, you're hearing these guys cry the curses for those that disobey the laws of God. And so it must have been a very awesome kind of an experience, one that would really implant itself quite deeply in your mind as you realize the blessings and the cursings. As God said, I've set before you today a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey, a curse if you disobey. So these are the curses that were then pronounced. Cursed is the man that makes any graven or molten image an abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsman, and puts it in a secret place. And all of the congregation shall say, Amen. So after each one of these curses, they'd have to cry out, so be it. You know, just sort of accepting, you know, all right, judgment, so be it. And so the various curses that were cried out from this area and the people acknowledging the rightness of the curses as you go through the remainder of chapter 27. And as you come into chapter 28, it shall come to pass. If thou shalt hearken diligently, you see the conditions. If you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments. You get this over and over again because this was the condition of the covenant whereby they could have this land and dwell there. This was the condition of God's blessings. It was the obedience to the commandments of God that God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle and the increase of your cows your flocks, your sheep. Blessed will you be your basket and store. You'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise up against thee to be smitten before your face. And they shall come out against thee one way and flee from thee seven ways. And the Lord will command the blessings upon thee in your storehouses and in all that you set your hand to do. The Lord will bless your land, which he gives to you, and he shall establish thee as a holy people unto himself. And the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee, and the Lord will make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy cattle. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto the land in his season. Thou shalt lend to many nations, not borrow. The Lord shall make thee the head, not the tail. If you hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God 
to observe them and to do them and shall not go aside from keeping these commandments. Now, again, all of the blessings that God is promising to them, conditioned upon their keeping the commandments of God and doing them. But if it shall come to pass, if you do not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe the commandments and statutes and so forth, then cursed shalt thou be in the city and in the field. Cursed will be your basket and your store. Cursed will be the fruit of your body, the fruit of the land, the increase of the cows and the flocks and sheep. Cursed shalt thou be when you come in and cursed when you go out. And the Lord will make the pestilence to cleave unto you. And the Lord will smite you with consumption. And the heaven that is over you shall be brass and the earth shall be like iron, the drought. The Lord shall cause thee, verse 25, to be smitten before thine enemies, and thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. Thou shalt be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth, and your carcass will be meat for the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and no man shall fray them away. The Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt and with the emeralds and the scab and with the itch. Therefore, you cannot be healed. And the Lord will smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment and heart. And thou shalt grope at noonday. And God goes on to tell to them the curses that will come upon them if they turn away from God and begin to worship and serve other gods, the gods of the land. This is what is going to happen. Now, we are dealing with a basic law of God. And it is important that we recognize this. The law of God is expressed in another verse of Scripture which declares, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. If a nation will establish itself as a righteous nation, if a nation will place God at the center of its national life, recognizing and acknowledging God, that nation shall be blessed of God abundantly. That was exactly what our founding fathers had in mind when they established this, the United States of America. They had in their mind to establish a nation that would guarantee the religious freedoms a nation, though, that honored God in the heart and in the life of the nation itself. And it was their purpose to keep the people aware of the dependency upon God. And because our nation was thus established, our nation was greatly blessed of God. America, America, God shed his grace on thee. And our nation grew strong and powerful among the nations of the earth. And we today living in this nation are enjoying the benefits that have come to this nation 
because of the wisdom of the founding fathers in founding a nation with God at the heart and the center, even imprinting on the coins in God we trust. Trying to bring to the people a national consciousness of the need of God and the centrality of God in the national life. And the nation did become strong. The nation did become prosperous. But now in our prosperity, we have men in the Supreme Court and throughout our whole governmental processes who do not believe that God should be a part of the nation. These men are men who are controlled by the humanistic philosophies whose God is materialism. And because they are humanist, they have sought to put God out of the national consciousness. These humanists have not only controlled our government, they control the major mass media in the United States. You cannot buy time on the major networks for religious broadcasting because they're controlled by the humanist. They don't want anything that would cause people to begin to have again a national consciousness of God. They have begun their rulings whereby they have ruled prayer out of the public school, the Bible out of the public school, and now the celebration of Christmas out of the public schools, except in only a secular sense. I have on my desk a paper from the superintendent of one of our local school systems here to all of the teachers telling them that they are to delete any story of Christmas that deals with Mary and the Christ child. That they are not to sing any carols that have anything to do about a baby being born in Bethlehem or anything about Jesus Christ. And it tells how that they must be subtle in these things so that they don't get a big backwash. And it goes ahead and instructs them on their Christmas programs how to do it so as not to give offense to the Christians because Christ has been totally deleted out of it. But it goes ahead and it quotes from certain Supreme Court edicts that make it necessary to rule Christmas carols in Christ even out of Christmas, and they are even changing the name and no longer calling it your Christmas vacation because they don't even want the word Christmas because it has Christ in it. I don't think that I need to tell you that our nation is in a very precarious position as a strong, great, powerful nation we are deteriorating very rapidly. For the very things that made us strong, we are now ignoring and trying to rule out of our national life. 
And even as God blessed our nation because we were willing to put God at the center of our national life, even as we have chosen now to rule God out of our national life, we are beginning to experience the curses and they are going to increase. Our nation is rapidly going downhill. We are faced with insurmountable kind of problems. They're talking about gas rationing right after the first of the year. They're, Kuwait is talking about cutting off 25% of its oil production, making our oil needs even more critical. We already know that they can't do anything about the economy, that it's in a royal mess. And we see the deterioration of this nation because we have sought by legislature and by the court rulings to rule God out of our national life. Our nation was strong because it was founded upon godly principles. Our nation is becoming weak as we seek to rule God out. Now, the whole sad thing about this is that here we are enjoying the benefits of our forefathers who had enough foresight to make the Constitution and all so that it guaranteed the religious freedoms and it gave us the right for these things. You see, according to the ruling of the Supreme Court, the students who are gays have a right to meet on campus, to have a room furnished for their meetings so that they can advocate and discuss the gay life and pass out literature and so forth, advocating that life. They have a court ruling, a Supreme Court ruling, that gives them that privilege. However, that same Supreme Court ruled that the children do not have a right to meet together in a public school building and study or talk about the Bible even if they meet there at their own choice. And yet we have still printed on our coins in God we trust. How hypocritical can a nation be? Whenever there is a national emergency, the president says pray as long as you're not in a school building. Now, there's just a basic principle involved. When a nation will follow God, that nation will be blessed. When a nation turns from God, that nation is going to be cursed. I am praying that God will bring to us a national revival. I think that that is the only hope for this nation, is a real revival that will cause the people to turn back to God and really elect legislators, presidents that will appoint Supreme Court and court positions to men who have a consciousness of God, who fear God, who realize that they are not the final judge, but one day they are going to stand before the judge to give an account of themselves. And men who have a sense of accountability... If a man doesn't believe in God, he has no sense of an accountability. He becomes the authority within himself. 
And whenever a man becomes authority within himself, you have anarchy, and you have anarchy even within the court system as they become authorities within themselves to determine what the law says. And if a man has no fear of God within his heart, how can you hope to have righteous judgments? Oh, may God help us as Christians to get up off our couches and to become active in the sponsoring of godly men for public office. I feel that we have an obligation to do so. Or else we have no right to sit back and cry when the whole thing goes down the tubes. So God pronounces the curses that are going to come. And he goes on. Verse 37, he tells them that they shall become, they'll be driven into other nations. And they'll become an astonishment, a proverb, a byword among all the nations wherever the Lord leads you. Turn with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Deuteronomy on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Deuteronomy 27 through 28 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May God bless you and keep his hand upon your life. May he minister to your life in such a way that you'll be very conscious of the presence of God. May he just burst upon the scene and may you just recognize his nearness and his grace and his love and just be overwhelmed by the goodness of God. May the Lord bless, watch over, and keep you through Jesus Christ our Lord. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I am Goliath. <laughs> What's going on? Don't be afraid, we have God on our side. My name is David, and I know all about big, scary giants. 
I've defeated lions and bears, and God will help me defeat Goliath, too. It's true, and Pastor Chuck wants to tell you all about the story of David and Goliath in his new book, Just for Kids. So come along on a great adventure and discover how God used David to defeat a big, scary giant, and learn why David believed that God was big enough even to conquer Goliath. And as a gift, each book contains an audio CD of Pastor Chuck actually reading the story of David and Goliath so your kids can read along. To order your copy, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD, or to see a sneak preview of the story of David and Goliath, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.